Testaments as Christ instituted in the New Covenant or Testament to namely Holy Baptism and the Holy Supper. So far, congregation, the theme for this morning is faith, worked, confirmed, and directed. Faith, worked, confirmed, and directed. Three thoughts. You heard them already. How is faith worked? Secondly, how is faith confirmed? And in the third place, Baron two is faith directed. Faith worked, confirmed, and directed. How is it worked? How is it confirmed? How is it directed? Congregation, you may remember. The word faith is a very important word in the Bible. We need faith without faith. It is impossible to please God, right? Now, the word faith you cannot find in the book of John. The gospel to John, you know, you know the gospel? The faith is there not even once. Instead of that word, this word believing. Not something static, faith, but believing as a verb, as an action of the soul. And we don't know exactly why John is emphasizing that. But we know that it's important to realize that. That true believing is a movement. To believe is an action. To believe is something that happens, not something that you receive and put in your pocket. It's not a faith on me. The faith is an action. It's a walking. It's a running. Believing is a spiritual movement. With our feet, we walk from one place to another, to another place. And so in faith, there's a walking, a fleeing from a dangerous place to a safe place. A taking refuge. Do you hear the movement in there? Believing is an action or a deed. However, Although believing is an act of the soul, although God's people really believe in him, yet it is not a work done by our free will. It is not so that people have the ability to move towards the Lord and to take refuge unto Christ. We don't have that ability. We don't have a free will. The Holy Ghost actuates us, initiates, begins it, and works it. So in the past, those days, we have talked about the need of the faith. 
We have seen of believing is a knowledge and a sure confidence. We have dealt with the content of faith. What is belief? We went over the 12 articles of faith for that reason. And today we hear about the origin that active faith, where does it come from? Who initiated? Well, the Armenians say faith originates in people. Our people have the ability to believe and to come to Jesus. They, they have feet and they can come. And then you challenge them, and you say to the Armenians, how do you know? They say something like, well, the Lord commands us to believe. Yeah, so what? Well, that means that, that we must be able to. The Lord will never ask something that we cannot do, they say. But is that true? The Lord has never asked you something that we cannot do all the time. So, no, faith is not something we can do ourselves. It is an action of the soul that needs to be given. And the neonomists say that the law has been replaced by the gospel. So that we don't have to obey the law anymore. So now we have to obey the gospel. A new law. Neonomism. A new law. And some priests use that whip over the congregation. The new law. The new law you have to believe. You have to believe. Becomes hurtful. Yes, we have to believe. But we should not use it as a whip to chastise the congregation. Ephesians 2 verse 8. By grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift of God. But we should not only be concerned about the Armenians and the New Nomists, but about the hyper -Calvinists. The hyper-Calvinist says, faith is a gift. Right. You can believe yourself. Right. Therefore, you don't have to. Therefore, the Lord is not asking you to believe. He will never ask you something. You can do. Right? So the same reasoning as the Armenians, they reason the other way. There's no offer of grace. There's no command to repent. There's no command to believe. Because you cannot. But the Bible teaches us that we cannot believe ourselves and what is yet, yet commanded us. Faith, according to the Belgian Confession, of our faith embraces Jesus Christ with all his merits. It appropriates him and sees nothing besides him. That is beautifully said, right, right, right. And by faith embraces Jesus, so walks towards him, embraces him. 
Have you ever embraced Jesus? That is believing. Embrace him, very personal. Appropriate him. So it means to receive him and to touch the hem of his garment and to use him. Very clearly explained in the Kentodort, chapter 3, 4, Idol 12. Bear upon the will, verse renewed, is not only actuated and influenced by God, but the consequence of this influence becomes itself active. By influence of the Holy Spirit, the faith becomes itself active. Therefore also man is himself rightly said to believe. So people begin to believe themselves by God's grace. Actuated, influenced by the Holy Spirit. Therefore also man in himself is rightly said to believe and repent by virtue of the grace received. So the Holy Spirit, what is it, right? Since then they are made partakers of Christ and all his benefits, but faith only, whence does the faith proceed? From the Holy Ghost. Where faith in the heart. How? By the preaching of the gospel. The preaching of the gospel. Is it not the preaching of the word? Is not the preaching of the law and the gospel? Is that correctly said by the preaching of the gospel? Yes. Of course, we also need to hear the law. We need to hear the necessity of conversion. But the preaching of the gospel is the heart of it. The preaching of the gospel is the retiring of the message of forgiveness. The gospel draws to Christ. The gospel points to the Lord Jesus. The gospel invites to him. In the gospel, the Lord is stretching out his arms to people. In the gospel, the Lord beckons people to come unto him, to use their feet, to not hesitate, to not delay, to come now without money, without price. And whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. So the Holy Spirit activates the sinner, moves the sinner into the direction of the, of the Savior by the preaching of the gospel. The Holy Ghost draws sinners and shows them the light at the horizon and makes their feet move. The preaching of the gospel. It is not an idle voice. Not an audible voice. Some people say, I heard a voice so clearly. 
I, just Arbo. Well, that is not how the Lord works anymore. He works by the preaching of the gospel, of the word. It even does not come with the text. Sometimes precious texts from the Bible surface in our hearts and minds. And they make an impression on us. And we love those texts. And we sometimes are encouraged by, by, by those texts. One of the most famous texts surfacing in people's hearts is, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. When you read, when you read the text, you may become emotional. And say, that's so kind, it's so special. Yea, I have loved thee with everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. But that is not Jesus, is it? This is only for them that take refuge unto him. So it is not sufficient to just receive this text and to rely on them. Even though that it comes with people say with power. Be careful. This is a very deep text to most people. And it can make us emotional. But the thing is we need to take refuge unto the Lord Jesus Christ by the preaching of the gospel, being led to him, to be moved to go to him, to embrace him. No wonder we like words like that. But the Holy Spirit always exalts Christ. The Holy Spirit brings the invitation to the heart. The Holy Ghost reveals the Son of God so that it becomes precious and suitable and necessary. And the purpose is to let the sinner flee, to move him, to move him. That's how the Spirit works for you. Again, he does not only fill the pockets. He does not just calm you down. He does not make you feel good about yourself. But he makes you run. The Holy Spirit makes people run for him. So where does the faith come from? From the Holy Ghost. Where faith in our hearts by the preaching of the gospel. He opens the eyes, not only for our sins, but he opens the eyes for the pearl of great price. He beckons, he signals, he gestures, come unto me. And the Holy Spirit uses that gospel to let them hear it, to actuate them, to influence them so that they come to the Savior in faith. Do we underestimate 
the preaching. If we don't come faithfully to church, we do we underestimate the preaching. So let us be faithful also in coming to church. I was thinking about it. The congregation became vacant, having more reading services. And someday, within a few weeks, I will sit in the pew there. Be reading services or a, or a pastor. Well, how would you feel about it if I would go somewhere else? It would, it says, Congregation, you would sit here and I, I'd just go to another church once in a while. How, how would you feel about it? I'm sure many would say, Oh, I don't think that it will be appreciated. You were a pastor in the congregation and then you leave? You, you, can, you can do that. But if I can do that, you can do that. And it just stick together. And it's also together, come up to the, to, to, to the services and pray together. The Holy Spirit will ignite. The Holy Spirit will work and initiate the faith. Romans 10 to 17. So then faith cometh by hearing. By hearing. Not hearing the text. By hearing the gospel. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or think of Romans 10. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear about without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the, good, the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. But Elias said, Lord, who has believed our report, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Preaching is quite something. We are hoping for a new minister who um, fulfills what we read in 2 Corinthians 5. Let me call a few verses from 2 Corinthians 5. We just read it this morning. This morning. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But the are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. So he needs someone who is willing, knowing the tale of the Lord, to persuade. To persuade to that running. To persuade to that fleeing. 
to be persuaded to seek refuge and to move towards him. For the love of Christ constrained us. Because it was judged that if one dies for all, then we are all dead. Now then we are ambassadors. Ambassadors for Christ. Ministers are ambassadors on behalf of Christ. Beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ that be reconciled to God. So the first point was the Holy Spirit working faith by the preaching of the gospel. Let's go to the second point. How it is confirmed. Congregation, that's the first time that the sinner believes in the Lord Jesus Christ is very precious. And does that repeat itself or not? Do God's people only one time believe in their believers? And they don't have to believe anymore? They just know it now? No. God's people need to be kept, need to persevere, need to exercise faith again. They need it over and over. Not a one-time thing, but they need to have it confirmed. Because after this lukewarm inside, sometimes not so lively, sometimes he seems to be so far away. And then God's children are in doubt and in darkness and grieving the Holy Spirit too often. It's distant. And the Lord has given the sacraments and, and also, also the gospel to keep it alive, or to make it alive again, to confirm it. And he has said this, do in remembrance of me, to strengthen the faith of his dealings. The Lord uses tools for that. He confirms faith. He leads again to him. He makes himself again desirable. So the Lord is using tools like baptism and the Lord's Supper to um, underline, to refresh, to comfort. You see, for example, in Lord in the, the Kansas Doors on page one fourteen. That is chapter five, article fourteen. I like it on. And as it has pleased God by the preaching of the gospel, right? By the preaching of the gospel to begin this work of grace in us, so he preserves. He preserves. 
he continues and perfects it. So the Lord is still at work in the heart of his people. He preserves and continues and perfects it by the hearing and reading of his word. So the word is not only meant to begin it, also to continue it and to preserve it and to perfect it. By the hearing and reading of the word, by meditation on. Do we still meditate on the Bible? Do we think upon it? Do we think it through and try to understand it? By the meditation on and by the exhortations, threatenings, yes, not even threatens, threatens his people. Exhortations, threatenings, and the promises thereof, as well as by the use of the sacrament. The sacraments are meant to preserve, continue, and perfect the faith the Lord has worked in the hearts of his people. The Lord has given us signs and seals, holy signs, visible signs and seals, appointed by God for this end that by the use of it may be more fully declared and sealed us the promise of the gospel. Signs. We have the preaching of the word. Also signs and seals. What is a sign? Well, young people, what, children, what, what is a traffic sign? Traffic sign, 50 cents. Don't go faster than 50 kilometers an hour. It says 50 on that sign. So it points to someone, to someone. it explains something. It makes it clear immediately. Or when there's a bear in the area where you're hiking. There's a bear in the area, it says on the sign. So you have your pepper spray with you. You're just on your guard. It's a sign. Or you have a sign in a different sense. The, 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 the sky is turning very dark. The sign of rain coming, right? Also signs of the times. Signs of wars and pestilences and rumors of, of, of wars. So we see those signs of soul today, signs of the future coming of Christ. Signs. So the Lord's Supper and baptism are signs. The water is a sign of what? Sign of washing away your sins. And there is wine, right? Pouring to the blood of erasing sin and paying the price. And there is breath, broken breath. 
pointing to explaining that the body of the Lord Jesus is the true bread to be eaten with a spiritual mouth. The sacraments are signs. Signs to make it more alive again in the hearts of God's people, to preserve them and to continue. And growing grace to um, make them run again and again. That they may live in faith. So, um, compared to a ring, a, ve- a wedding band, when husband and wife exchange those vows and also just put the ring on the finger, there is a sign of something that does not end, right? A ring. You can keep going forever. Usually a gold ring, so it's durable. So that ring reminds you of your promises and of his, her promises. It's a sign, beautiful sign. It's not the love itself. It's a sign of the love. And so the Lord's Supper and baptism are the signs for the church to believe in that saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a sign, also a seal. Sometimes bottles of wine are sealed. There's something of metal on top. You can see if someone has opened it or not. Someone has broken the seal. The watches, the, the, the watchmen at, at the grave, at the sepulchre of the Lord Jesus, also put seals on the grave so that nobody could open it. So the Lord Jesus also gave seals to his people to seal to them, to assure them of their salvation. To assure them. Namely, does he grant us free the remission of sin and life eternal for the sake of that one sacrifice of Christ accomplished on the cross? So he is fully declaring that and also sealing it. Now it says that those sacraments need to be used Right? Used by the use of the sacrament. Confirms it by the use of the sacrament. Sacraments itself don't do anything. They need to be used. Used in the sense of what we read in the form of the Lord's Supper that he now be made fed with the two heavenly bread, Christ Jesus, let us not 
cleave with our hearts into the external bread and wine with lived up on high in heaven where Christ Jesus is, our advocate at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. Whether all the articles of our faith lead us, no doubting that we shall assuredly be fed and refreshed, no souls through the working of the Holy Ghost, with his body and blood, as he received the holy bread and wine in remembrance of him. So under his baptism and the Lord's Supper, God's children are encouraged to use them, to apply them, to look at it, asking the Holy Spirit to make it powerful and to make it personal, to lift up your heads to heaven, that the tools and the signs and the seals. So faith is important, but the sacraments are meant to confirm it so that God's children continue in it and keep running. So when God's children are in a time of darkness, they should not only think of what was my beginning, going back in time to reflect on the beginning, they should mainly take refuge unto Christ now. Again, that is the purpose of the sacraments. So where is the faith directed in? Our third thought, congregation, the preaching of the gospel, and the use of the sacraments have something in common. Something in common. Both are pointing and directing to the same things. Are both, both, word and sacraments then ordained and appointed for this end that they may direct our faith to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only ground of our salvation? Yes, indeed, both. Preaching and second, both. For the Holy Ghost teaches us in the gospel and assures us by the sacraments that the whole of our salvation depends upon that one sacrifice of Christ which he offered us on the cross. So there is only one sacrifice, one name, one Savior. For I determined, the Apostle Paul writes, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Did he say that he didn't want to talk about anything else? Is he not speaking of the law? He does 
in 2 Corinthians, all in the fifth chapter. So what does he mean by saying, I determined not to know anything among you but Jesus Christ? Well, he is the only Savior. He is the only mediator. Do we preach only Jesus? Don't we preach Adam as well? Well, I, that is confusion, right? To preach Adam? I mention Adam. I convey the sins we have in Adam. We are the children of Adam. But I don't preach Adam, do I? Preaching Adam means that you exalt him. He's an example. You say, go there, go to Adam. We preach Adam to you. No, I don't. Adam cannot help you. We need to know his sins to Adam. We don't preach Adam. We don't preach Moses, do we? We mention Moses and he has a place in the, in the, in the sermon to, to tell what Moses is asking for. We don't preach Moses. So that is the meaning of that. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Or think of the Acts of the Apostles. Just, uh, let me just try to convince you. Some of you may be sometimes emotional and wonder if the Lord is working your heart, if it is the saving work, right? Would you like to know? Is it the saving work or just a text? Listen to this. Neither is there salvation in any other. For it is None other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You need to know that one name. You, you can't get underneath that. Or think of Matthew 1, verse 21. And she, Mary, shall bring forth a son. And I shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He shall. There is no other place. And the gospel and the sacraments both point to him. He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. That's clear, isn't it? He that believeth not the Son, moving to him, seeking salvation in him, running after him. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. Or John 14. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man 
cometh unto the Father, but by me. So if you think you can approach God bypassing Jesus, you make a major mistake. There's absolutely not an apostle. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. All you need to believe, to truly believe in that Savior. One Corinthians three. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Is he your foundation? You need this foundation of some emotion and tears. And the beautiful text that speaks to your heart. You need him. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus is the only one. One mediator. And this is the record that God has given us, given to us eternal life. And his life is in his son. See, his son. So both the sacraments and the gospel point to Christ and lead to him. But let us have a look again. Teach us in the gospel and assures us by the sacraments that the whole of our salvation depends upon that one sacrifice. So there is much to say about Jesus and his work. And what does the gospel explicitly refer to? What is the heart of the preaching of the gospel? That the Lord Jesus was promised? No. Of course, it was the expression that he was promised. That he came on earth in the human nature? All that was important. But is that enough? That he preached on earth? That he suffered? That he went into Gethsemane? No, especially that he died on the cross. That is the heart. That is the heart of the gospel. That someone took the wrath of God and drank it in and emptied the cup and said, it is finished. And the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. The door was opened, not by his birth, not by his wonders, not by his suffering, by his crucifixion. And sad to say, it takes usually time to let that sink in. The Lord Jesus had to die. 
because with nothing less than that, God could be set aside. And often the disciples resisted that. The Lord Jesus told his disciples that he was going to die. No, 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 no. Not going to happen. They did not understand it. And it is still possible that sinners believe in Jesus, but not so much focused on the cross. There's still some resistance there. So the Lord causes his people to grow in grace. And he points to the gospel. With the gospel, he points to Christ. And he especially points to that one sacrifice. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ the Son cleanses us from our sin. So have you been encouraged by the Lord? Have you been led to the Savior? Have you also been led to the one sacrifice? The one sacrifice accomplished on the cross. Not, not two of them. Not one. And one is enough. And if you have some other sacrifice you bring, it makes it all worthless. It spoils it all. You have to lose all the sacrifice you have, you, you have sacrificed. All your merits have to be put on and disappear. And only his sacrifice on the cross is valid. Therefore, being justified by faith, we are peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. It is by faith, it is by the blood. Preaching of the gospel, sacraments. Also, in this morning, we preach the gospel and we have a message to, for you. I also think of, 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 the, of the unbelieving Thomas, right? To those pointing them to that one, one sacrifice. Then he says to Thomas, reach hither thy finger. Come. Put your finger in, 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 my, in my hands. And behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it to my side, and be not faithless, but believing. The Lord knows the, the doubts of his people, and therefore they need the gospel preaching. Therefore, they need the sacraments. 
And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Not seen it with their physical eyes, but yet believe in it. Believing in him only. Think of the father. Think of, 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 of Jairus. When Jesus heard it, he answered him, say, fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. So that is also today what's needed. To run for him. To see your salvation that only one sacrifice on the cross. To see nothing else. It's not a name. To believe only. And that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And he works it by the preaching of the gospel. And he confirms it by the preaching of the gospel as well. Also by the sacraments. And so he leads the poor people to their eternal habitation. That God will be honored. So dear congregation, the Lord knows the weakness of the faith of his people and therefore has been so good to them to give them repeatedly the gospel and time and again the Lord's Supper and Holy Baptism for his glory. Amen.